0: Good morning, everyone. Look around. So good to see you guys. I know I've been gone a lot lately here and there, and um, so it's really good to be back to see all of you. So glad you're here. Um, This last week, no, not the week we just had, but Last Sunday, I flew back from uh, half a week down in South Carolina at the Harvest Alliance um, Pastors Retreat Conference that they had down there, and um, it was very, very good and very encouraging. And it was just really, we had um, we had even more. Uh, pastors there. There's more and more uh, churches joining Harvest Alliance, which is really exciting. And some of those churches are, you know, like in South America, in Spain, and in different ones, like all over, um, are are joining Harvest Alliance as well. Um, This was just for North America, um, Canada, and um, in the U.S. Um, But it was, sorry, I'm saying a lot. It was really good and very encouraging and it was just good to get to know um other pastors and other churches and there are such seasoned um followers of the lord and people there that are such good people to get to know and be encouraged by and you know i really just came away and i think i probably said this last year when i came back from the retreat is that um, we just really, we aren't alone. And I think that uh, I don't really have an answer for it, but yet I have to pray more about it. But I, you know, I just kind of feel sometimes that we just have this bit of a spirit of being alone here, just kind of a rogue, rogue church, you know, when Willard planted the our church out on Twin Lake Road, he was... You know, he had the backing of Fairview, but he was kind of alone. And we, we were part of uh, Indiana-Michigan conference, uh, Mennonite conference when we were Mennonite church. Um, but we were, we were alone up here, all the northern Michigan churches. We were really alone. We just kind of had each other. Then we left them, and we were part of Partners and Harvest. And um, even though we were connected with Toronto, still kind of like we were out on our own. But... Um, So even though you don't see them, I just feel like being with Harvest Alliance, which is really a lot of pastors that were all together with us and partners in Harvest, but it's just a smaller thing. It was good. I just wanted to share just a little bit of this with you. So, I mean, they even had this time when we... um, Because the first part was kind of like a retreat, and then it was a little more of a conference. But they... uh, Well, I'll just say names. So there's a, a... pastoring couple out in, I can't remember, but it's way west in Canada. And um, and they just let us in a morning of just being kind of open and vulnerable with each other. And they like asked us pastors to get up, you know, we were just in a sm- small room, you know, just to get up and share with each other, not like what's going on in your congregation, what we can pray for your congregation or great things that's happening or anything like that, but like you what can we pray for with you you know and it was just really good because i mean some people you know started like very vulnerable like i i have prodigal children you know that i'm i'm praying for children that it's such an unhealthy relationship for mental health reasons that i can't even be in relationship with them right now you know we're praying and and just this this opening that was just really so good this vulnerability that we all need to have together, you know, in Christ as we, with our safe one another's, that it was so good. It just like immediately took us just like this deeper level of knowing each other, you know, as people were connecting in different ways and praying for each other. And it was just, it was very good. It was very encouraging. There was lots of good teaching and good healing and it was very good. So that's just a little bit of sharing with that. This morning is going to be a slightly different morning for me. Um, the Lord is just kind of asking me to step out on the water on some things, so I am going to step out on the water here this morning, and we're just going to see what He has for us today. First, though, I do want to share with you. So um, how many of you in here have heard about uh, the what's happening at Asbury University? Very many of you, some of you. So if you're not familiar with what's happening at Asbury University, Um, The Holy Spirit is, there's an awakening of the Holy Spirit at Asbury Asbury University, which is in Kentucky, and it's um, an awakening amongst um, the youth, you know, the youth there. It's very simple, and um, so I just wanted to share a little bit of that with you. Um, So they, uh, it's very exciting, so it just started out, um, Jonathan, or Bethany, can we turn on those pictures? I just have, like, a few pictures for you. So this is, this, if you can see that, it's okay if you want to turn this light off. This is what, like, a normal chapel service would be like at Asbury at Asbury University. Not very many people in there, just a few people praying for each other. And um, middle of, like, a week ago or so, um... People just didn't want to leave, and people, the, young, the youth just kept being drawn um, to it. Sorry, I think I turned off. Oh. Sorry. Here we go. And then this is what it looked like shortly after. And that's kind of what it's continued to look like. Um, they were doing 24 hours of prayer and worship, and they recently, um, this weekend, I think, changed to not doing it during the night just for sustainability reasons. But it's all led by um, by young adults, and uh, they have good leadership there. They're keeping themselves nameless. They're not letting people, big-name people in the church, um come be on there, you know, be on the platform there. They're keeping it simple. They're, you know, it's just basically an acoustic guitar, no words, and um, hearts are being changed, and people are coming from all over to be a part of this. Um, So I just want to share a little bit, because it's just so exciting what the Lord is doing there. So um, some of you might know, I asked her with her permission, um, Jennifer Hood. She, was Jennifer, she used to be Jennifer Van Alstein when she was here. Um, Jennifer Hood, her and Gabe went down to Asbury this weekend to see what was going on there. Gabe really wanted to go. He was very excited about it. And if you haven't seen Gabe in a long time, he's probably taller than me now. He's 15, and uh, he's doing very well. Anyways, he wanted to go down there. And so they they went down there for the weekend. And so I asked asked her lots of questions, what's going on there? And so she said, well, let me share with you what the Lord um, gave me. Well, actually, let me tell you here first what she said. Um, She had said that, uh, let's see which one I have next. She said there's a line at least a half mile long of people wanting to get into the main auditorium. So um, uh, they have they have two separate lines. Like as you get closer, they're fast tracking youth to be able to get in. So like Gabe only waited for like 15, 20 minutes to be able to get into the main auditorium. Adults were waiting like eight hours to get into the main auditorium. And these are people um, outside just worshiping. They had screens outside as well um, with what's going on. Um, so people can be out there worshiping. And um, Jennifer went into one of the overflow buildings where they have screens with worship from the main building kind of coming into there. But she said it's just very simple. They're very focused on high school to 25 years old. um, And the young people are doing everything, the testimonies, the worship, the preaching. And um, uh, let's see here, get to this other part. Um, I asked her, like, what she saw there. And she said, well, let me share with you with what the Lord gave me. And she said, I could share it here. Um, So this is what the Lord gave her. She said, um, they've said it's a nameless, they've said it's nameless and faceless, but I see the face of this revival. It's the young generation, the next generation. This outpouring is theirs. They are a remnant of their generation, drowning in woke liberal agenda. They seek God, nothing more. They aren't impressed by lights and fancy bands, big names or even drums, strip it all down and pure at its heart. The presence of God is what they seek and what they want. They won't settle for a substitute or a false spirit. They want God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, plain and simple. This is about the next generation. This is equipping them for the insane time in which they are living, for they were made for such a time as this. And just as the Holy Spirit poured out his presence on the disciples on the day of Pentecost so they could reach their generation, he is pouring his Spirit out on this generation to reach the masses in this time. And this is from Jennifer, she's saying, So as I sit outside the auditorium, I worship and praise and pray for the next generation to support them. If I don't feel a thing, it doesn't matter. This is a revival of the young and for the young It's okay to step aside for them. They are designed for this. This is their time. And um, let's see here. Uh, She said that Gabe said that it was awesome when he was in there. He was in there for two hours, and it barely felt like any time went by as he was worshiping, and that he could feel the presence of God as a warmth, which is very exciting. Um, And then this morning, she just messaged me this, which made me cry. Um, She said, I just spoke to four young men who were in the meetings yesterday and they were saying that people are being delivered from demons and healed and it's so quiet and calm, like at the altar, that you almost don't even know that it's happening, but it's there. And they confirmed that the focus was just on worshiping Jesus and they also said that they felt really honored for their generation. Like the people there were honoring them and their generation. Um, So I just thought I wanted to share that with you. I thought that that was so good. And this morning, it just like when I read that, it made me cry because so much people put down this generation. And I think that that's something that can happen with every young generation, that the older people, I'm not putting down you older people, but the olders can put down the youngers, that they're just not hardworking enough, or they don't care enough or you know, the young are leaving the church or whatever. But the Lord is doing something in the young, and we pray that it would be amongst us older as well, that he would do that here as well. So I wanted to share that with you, because we've been talking about um, Holy Spirit awakening and revival of our hearts and moving, and there is moving there's things that are happening there's a lady at the conference um who has been until covid well i take that back well covid and the war in ukraine she has been um there for missions and um caring for children and things in ukraine for many many years and um, she was; she hasn't been able to go, but there's others that have. And she was saying that the churches are overflowing in Ukraine. Like, there's lines for people to get into the churches in Ukraine. They're, they're knocking out walls and restructuring things in their buildings so that they can fit enough people in the churches in Ukraine. Because the people are hungry, and the Spirit's moving. Um, what did she say? In one day just recently in one day, I think it was like 50 people came to the Lord and like seven new churches were planted. It was something like that. And um, I know my numbers are a little off, but it was like in those ranges. And um, that's just exciting things that, are, that the Lord is doing, that's happening. And um, uh, uh, the head of Harvest Alliance in um, the U.K., was sharing with us about stuff that's happening, you know, in Africa. The same thing, people traveling long distances um, to come together and to worship God and to learn, and they're just so hungry. And the Lord is moving. It's very exciting, and we know it, but we can just feel it. And I'm not one that's ever felt, really, the presence of God, but I know it. I feel it in my spirit. Um, Things are happening. So, yes, amen. I'm just so excited. I'm looking for my water, but I'm very excited for what the Lord is doing. And, um, yes, I want that here. I think that's all the—let us see if I had any other pictures. Yep, that's it for my pictures for that. Okay, so we're going to move on. So— what um, we'll see what the Lord's going to do this morning. Like I said, it kind of having me step out. I had like three different things on my heart, and it's a whole bunch of jumble. It can be like three or four different sermons, and um, and I've already I've already started. So um, we'll see where the Lord takes us this morning. I do feel I feel like the Lord is wanting me to tell you today to keep up the good fight. Sorry. <laughs> and you know, I um ugh, I don't want to be crying every time I'm up here. <laughs> Um, the the Israelites waited a long time for the Messiah to come. And we've been waiting a long time for a Messiah to return. And sometimes, just like the Israelites, we can kind of lose sight of what we're waiting for. And so I just want to encourage you To keep up the good fight. To fix your eyes on Jesus. To remember who we worship. To remember why we're here. Why are we here? We're not, this isn't a club. (laughs) You know, nobody's forcing you to be here. Why are you here? Are we here To worship God Almighty, the Maker of heaven and earth, Jesus Messiah, who came to earth, (laughs) who showed us how to live, who is tortured and killed and raised from the dead to give us life. And he went away to prepare a place for us. And he had to go away so that he could send the Holy Spirit. So Holy Spirit could be in each of us. So if your allegiance is to Jesus and he is your Savior, Holy Spirit comes and he dwells in you. The spirit of God that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in us. We are hidden in Christ. We are co-heirs with Jesus. We are one with him. We are the aroma of Christ to God the Father, to the world around us, to one another, We are one with him. Like, that's, a, that's amazing. Like, I think we don't really think about that very much, but it's pretty amazing. That's who we are. And the maker of heaven and earth is who we worship. And when we come here, we come to worship him. Him. No agenda, just worship. And tell you a little story from the Old Testament. So, you remember the Ark of the Covenant? So, that was like the gold box with the cherubim and things on it that they had, and God's presence rested on the Ark of the Covenant. And He had certain instructions for the Ark of the Covenant and how to handle it. And um, sometimes he he would tell them to take it out before them or to take it into battle. Like his presence rested there. Well, at some point, the Philistines had captured the Ark and there was that whole thing and the Ark was not with the Israelites. And David decided, you know, the Ark was resting at a place. David decided it was time to bring the Ark back to Jerusalem. So he went to go get the ark where God's presence dwelled. God's presence was still on the ark. And um, they they put it on a cart. So that's not how the ark was supposed to be carried. It was supposed to be carried by the priests, by the Levites, with poles through, so nobody would touch the ark. This is the presence of God. You know, like Moses went up the mountain, presence of God there. Made him, like that was there, right there. He put it on a on a cart, like like you put it on the trailer by the behind your van, okay. And they're taking it to Jerusalem. They were praising, they were praising God. They wanted God's presence, but they weren't handling God's presence the way it was supposed to be handled. And the oxen stumbled, and the ark would have fallen off of the trailer, and Uzzah, I believe his name was, reached out to steady the ark, and God's anger burned against him, and he struck him down, and he died. And then King David was angry, because here they're trying to do this great thing for the Lord, bringing Lord's presence back, and he struck down Uzzah, but David was also struck with the fear of the Lord, and he said, how can God's presence come and dwell with me? So he didn't take it back to Jerusalem. He left it at Obed-Edom's house, right? I'm saying that right? Yes, Obed-Edom's house. And well. And then he, and David went back to Jerusalem. Well, the Ark of the Covenant, God's presence, was dwelling at Obed-Edom's house. He was blessed. His family was blessed. Like Everything was going great for him. So David gets word like, hey, Obed-Edom, his, he's being really blessed by the presence of the Lord in his house. So David's like, he's kind of jealous. And well, we better go get the Ark. And This time, he did it right. And he brought the Levites and he brought the poles, and every six steps they stopped and they sacrificed a bull and a fatted calf. And they brought the Ark of the Covenant back to the Lord. We worship the Lord on his terms. Clean hands and a pure heart. It's not enough for us to just want the presence of God among us. We also need to follow what the Lord says. And if you don't know what the Lord says on how you are to live, the whole New Testament tells you. Simply love the Lord your God with all your heart and your neighbor as yourself. But if you need it more broke down, the New Testament breaks it down for you. We need to live a repentant life. We need to cast off distractions. We need to cast off the sin, the things that bind us. And I know sometimes that is very, very hard. And we've tried over and over and over and over again. But we're a body. And we help each other. But remember I talked about that open and honest thing. We've got to be open and honest. Talk with a safe person. Open and honest to help you walk through to be free of some of those things that we're walking clean hands. As if we want. Mind, I'm going to move on for that. So we can't just live how we want. Because that was the Ark of the Covenant where God's presence dwelled. We are now the Ark of the Covenant. The God's presence dwells in us. His body. And we are all his body. And the fellow believers around the world. We're his body. Okay. I might be a toe. Eloise is a hand. You know. We're all I love. She is so precious, by the way. So we are, God, we are the body of Christ. And we are Christ's disciples. I mean, this is my other kind of part of my sermon. Discipleship. And what does that mean? So this kind of gets us maybe into a little bit more of the practical part of it. So Jesus told his disciples. Sorry, let me find that verse. Here we go. So before Jesus went back to heaven, he told his disciples in Matthew twenty-eight nineteen to 20, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. So Jesus told his disciples to go and make disciples. And that's how the early church was formed. So if you don't really know what a disciple is, you know, we hear about it all the time, the 12 disciples. But if you follow Jesus, you are a disciple. And you may not feel like you're a very good disciple. I don't always feel like I'm a very good disciple, but I'm still a disciple. And if you read the Gospels... Um, in a way of looking at it through the lens of discipleship, you learn how to be a disciple, and you see how the disciples lived, and they lived together. And you know, I was thinking this morning during worship that they weren't in a vacuum. It wasn't like I have my little relationship with Jesus, and nobody else knows what's going on. Like they were, like they were a body there together. When Peter messed up and said something really boneheaded, like the other 11 disciples heard him say it. You know, they were, they were there, they were encouraging one another, just as we are to encourage one another. Discipleship, um, so disciples in, say, in Jesus' time. So there was a rabbi and the disciples were, say, the students. It's different than what we think of as a student in school because it wasn't just learning things to learn things or learning things for a test. You were learning um, by your rabbi to imitate the life of your rabbi. So in that same way, we're learning from Jesus so that we can imitate the life of Jesus. But as disciples, we are to live our life in a way for other disciples to imitate our lives. And that's very important because as the Spirit is moving, and goodness gracious, I, I've been praying that the Spirit would move throughout our region, you know, that we would have people half-mile down the block wanting to come in, not just for coming in's sake or for anything like that, but that they would be healed and restored and brought into the Father's love People need to be discipled. That's relationship. We need to get our lives in order so that when people see us, they're seeing Christ. That's how it was done. So um, um, we need to do that. Uh, Paul said in uh, 1 Corinthians 4.16, he told the uh, Corinthian church, he says, Therefore, I urge you to imitate me as i imitate christ he talks about it in uh, chapter 11 and chapter 4 imitate me as i imitate christ and he says i'm sending timothy to you okay because timothy imitates paul who's imitating christ like you know what i mean so he's and that's how the church was formed and that's how the church is formed today. That's how it should be, you know, us in relationship, imitating Christ, and uh, that life-on-life transfer in relationship. And that's what we're going to need. And that's how we grow people up. And there's not retirement in the spirit, you know. We need olders, and especially those olders that are seasoned in the faith, to be encouraging and teaching the youngers how to walk in God by relationship so um, Paul also said when he said that uh, when he was sending Timothy to them that he said you have had countless instructors but you don't have many fathers and the Lord wants to have fathers and mothers in the spirit and that's what we need to be fathers and mothers so we need to prepare ourselves We need to prepare ourselves, okay? Because people are being discipled by the world. We're all discipled by somebody. Are we discipled by Christ or are we discipled by the world? And even in the church, we get discipled by the world. And we're not to be like the world. We do things with God. I don't know how much more I want to say we might just leave it there for today but I just want to encourage you to keep up the good fight the Lord's given us a great gift we receive it and we give back to him our life because we are not our own we're not our own we're his so we give him our life as a living sacrifice. So we're going to go into a time of worship. And during that time of worship, just focus on praising God. I just really encourage you. And if you would, I just encourage all of you to stand. And if it... Your body doesn't allow you to stand for long, if you could even just stand for a little bit. Just taking us a, a step out, even if you normally just sit, just everyone stand as we pray and as we worship and just focus praise on God. Not what you want or anything like that, but just praising God for who He is because He is good. I do want to pray for you, though, if you want prayer. But I'm just asking that maybe at least for a while or for this first song, just focus on praising God. And if you'd still like me to pray for you when we switch to just the overhead music, I'll still be up here, and I would be happy to pray with you after. Um, I would love to pray with you after. But let's just take some time. Just focus on God. Tell Him how good He is. And I love you guys. I'm excited for what the Lord is doing. I'm excited for what he's going to do. We have exciting times ahead. And I need to pray. Lord, we love you. You are good. You are so good. We praise you. We give you all glory and honor. Lord, we just ask that you would just uh, reveal to us anything that we need to put aside, that you would show us what's distracting us from being all in with you. Lord, we want to be all in. We need to be all in. You're our everything, and we're hidden in you. You're our life. You're our lifeblood. You're our bread of life. We can do nothing aside from you. Lord, we want to be your church, your ambassador, your body to the world. Heal us up. We fix our eyes on you. Do a work within us. But right now, Lord, we just want to fix, we're fixing our eyes on you. We just want to praise you and tell you how good you are, because you are so, so, so good. Continue to prune us, continue to grow us, continue to draw us together in unity as your body. We love you, Lord. In the name of Christ Jesus we pray, amen.